Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust, a podcast for digital transformation leaders where we discuss the latest cyber attack issues, enterprise security strategies, and current security events so that you can successfully accelerate network and security transformation. And now here's what's on our mind this week. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. This is Lisa Lorenzen here with my colleague, Pam. Hi, everybody. And we have a special guest today. Deepin Desai is our global CISO, and he's here to talk a little bit about Zscaler's Threat Labs, what that is and why it's important. Deepin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Pam. So tell us, what do you do at Zscaler? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I'm the global CISO at Zscaler. My job is to make sure our infrastructure is secure. I also have the security research arm, which is called Threat Labs, reporting into me that tracks global threat landscape and makes sure that our customers around the world are protected. Wonderful. Can you give our listeners a peek into a day in the life at Threat Labs? Perfect. Yeah. So Threat Labs team, for those of you that don't know, it's, like I mentioned, it's a security research arm of Zscaler. We have over 100 security experts located in around seven countries. And their main job is to track the evolving threat landscape. The way we have it structured is we have aligned them into four critical stages of the attack chain. The goal here is to have right level of expertise for breaking the attack at multiple levels. So the first group, we have it aligned with the delivery vector stage of the attack cycle. And the attackers are trying to gain entry into your environment at this stage. So this team proactively tracks things like phishing campaigns, drive-by attacks, compromised and malicious websites. And their job really is to make sure we're able to break the chain at the delivery stage itself. So they will have signatures, intel, and all of those things pushed into the global security cloud platform. And that security cloud platform is also a pretty rich data set for them to work out of, is it not? Absolutely. We see millions of threats getting blocked. We see billions of web transactions flowing through. So that results in a lot of rich intel that the team gets out of it and uses to discover newer stuff as well. The second group is responsible for vulnerability exploit coverage. I mean, we all know that it's very important to patch, apply those patches as soon as they are available, but there is always that gap between a patch becoming available and getting applied on the system. And that is a window of opportunity for the attackers. Mm -hmm. So this group and Threat Labs, their job is to make sure to reduce or eliminate that window by adding detections in the platform to give organizations around the globe time to apply those patches. And for this purpose, we work very closely with firms like Microsoft, Adobe. We get their security patches almost five weeks in advance. And that allows us to make sure that several thousand organizations around the world are protected against exploitation attempts of those vulnerabilities. As someone who used to own patching on the security infrastructure I ran, and we had a change window once a month on Sunday at 2 a.m., I appreciate that safety net. I'm sure a lot of people do. Absolutely. Now the third group, if you notice, I'm progressing through the four critical stages of the kill chain, right? The first mm -hmm. one we covered was delivery vector. Second is where there is an exploitation taking place. The third one that I'll talk about is where our malware labs come into play. They are responsible for tracking both crimeware as well as APT malware families. And they leverage world-class automation over there, including AI ML models to process large volume of payloads 
that are seen in the Zscaler cloud as well as on open sources like Malwarebazaar or even commercial sources like VirusTotal. To give you a perspective, there are close to half a million files getting processed by Zscaler's cloud sandbox. VirusTotal sees almost 1 million new unique files every day. So you can't possibly process those payloads and add coverage manually, right? So there is a lot of automation, clustering, AI ML models that allows this group to make sure we have ample coverage against these new malware families. Deepin, that's really interesting how you have the organization set up into your four areas. Can you add a little bit more context around how do you actually determine and find bad actors or malicious content? Great question. So look, web and email channels continue to remain, you know, two of the most popular delivery vectors for the bad actors. There are attacks targeting other protocols as well. If you forgot to close that SMB or RDP port and it's exposed to the internet, they will get targeted. But the most common delivery vectors remain web and email. And web remains the most popular delivery vector when it comes to malicious content. And that's what we see in Zscaler cloud platform as well. One of the interesting trends where we see a lot of new stuff getting flagged is many of these threat actors are using legitimate cloud storage service providers like Dropbox, OneDrive, Box to host those new zero-day payloads or at times variants of existing families as well. But the goal over there is to make sure they keep those malicious content or malicious payloads undetected for a longer period, right? So they're not bundling them inside an email and spamming the end user. The user, if it's an email delivery, they will just see a link. And that link will point to these storage service providers where the actual content is hosted and at times also switched periodically. Now, the only way organizations or even any security team is able to have visibility across those brand new attack campaigns is if they have ability to perform SSL inspection, right, TLS inspection. You need to have a cloud-native proxy architecture where you're able to terminate the connection, extract the payloads. You need to observe what the attributes are inside the payload. I mean, you can't just rely on domain and IP blocking when they're using Dropbox or Google Drive to host the payload. So that's one of the most important ways in which Threat Labs team is able to derive a lot of new malicious content as well as campaigns that are happening across the globe. That is really interesting. I always wondered about that. The other thing is, do you have other research firms? Are there other research firms that you actually coordinate with? How does that work relative to the industry? We do collaborate with several ISACs. We also are partnered with various regional certs, so US certs, CISA, as well as Australian cert and many others. The goal over there is to make sure when we're seeing something actively happening in the cloud, we will reach out to the regional certs. We'll also work with respective organizations and we will make sure that we're able to break that attack while it's happening, right? So a recent example that I can think of is where there was an APT group that was targeting several organizations in South Korea. And we reached out to the South Korean cert. Uh, we worked with them. And uh, there was also another vendor involved, which is Dropbox. 
the threat actor was using Dropbox accounts to exfiltrate large volume of data. And there was this three-way collaboration that happened in order to take down that entire attack campaign. Then we were able to also inform the organizations. And these are not Zscaler customers, but because of the visibility that we have, based on all the tracking that the team does, all the telemetry that we obtain from the cloud, we're able to find these kind of new things where we will then go ahead and collaborate with regional certs, ISACs, and organizations to help them really secure themselves. So really a global network of protection all coordinating. Absolutely, yeah. That is so interesting because, you know, over the last couple of years, we've seen some major attacks, whether it was SolarWinds or Log4j, ransomware attacks, and so forth. Could you talk a little bit about what Threat Labs is seeing relative to the threat landscape right now? Absolutely. I mentioned about the three stages of the kill chain. I'll talk about the fourth stage right now because that does result in us learning about a lot of these newer things that the threat actors continue to add to their tool arsenal as they're targeting global organizations. So the fourth group in Threat Labs is focused on command and control stage. And this is really tracking the attacker's infrastructure. The goal over there is to make sure we're blocking things like CNC server, or if the attacker is trying to push out a new payload or a new exploit, think of you know Log4j or think of an exploit that allows the attacker to move laterally within the environment. Right? So this group will make sure they are keeping track of what happens after that initial compromise is already established and there is a CNC communication taking place between the infected host and the attacker's infrastructure. So if an attacker pushes out a coin miner, for instance, that gets automatically blocked globally. The attacker pushes out a command to perform DDoS attack. Again, that gets taken into account and will publish telemetry about that as well. So what really happens over here is the team will discover through these tracking efforts, that's one area which will result in us protecting the organization. The second thing that as we look at these campaigns, what we've observed, especially since pandemic set in, is because majority of the employees are remote, also a lot of the applications and workloads have moved to public cloud infrastructure because you need to support nearly 100% or hybrid remote workforce in today's time. The attackers evolve their tactics as well with this. And this is based on our learnings from the campaigns that we have observed in past two years. So if I were to categorize them into three buckets, the number one bucket is all the campaigns that are targeting remote employees. And this includes things like spear phishing, drive-by attacks, where the goal really is to have that remote employee make a mistake of clicking something, downloading something, and have that asset really compromised with that initial payload. So the second bucket is where the threat actors were targeting public cloud infrastructure. And this is partly because many of the organizations that move their applications and workloads to public clouds like Azure, AWS, they weren't used to those workflows. So they often end up making configuration mistakes, data getting exposed, and the attackers were continuously monitoring for those type of instances. And these type of things usually lead to large scale data breaches. And the third category, this is the most critical one. I mean, employees, yes, that is important. But the third category is the thing I call to this is your external attack surface. So your VPNs, your exchange servers, or any of your critical applications that are exposed to the internet, if they're running vulnerable components like Log4j, these threat actors would target them 
and as soon as they have access to your server environment where these critical applications are running again their goal is to steal data move laterally and then bring down your entire environment right so that's the trend we've been seeing both for crimeware as well as targeted attack Pam, you mentioned about ransomware. I'll complete my thought on that one as well. The three stages that I mentioned, the first stage is where the attacker tries to gain initial entry into your environment. And that is very common with ransomware as well. The second stage, once they have one employee make a mistake or one poorly configured asset that was compromised, the second stage is where they will try to move laterally. So if you have a legacy flat network, that's golden for them, right? They will gain access to domain admin privileges. They will move to all the high value assets, crown jewel applications inside the environment. So established network presence, that's the second stage. Third stage is usually called to objective. And this is where they will try to steal sensitive data from your environment. They will also push out ransomware. In case of ransomware attacks, that's usually the last thing that will happen. That's where you will know that you were just targeted by this ransomware threat actor. Sounds complex. It sounds like a lot to keep track of, to be honest. Yeah. And this is basically how majority of the targeted attacks happen as well, where there are three distinct stages you need to have your defenses aligned to protect against each of those stages. Otherwise, you really won't know until that end, in case of ransomware attack, until you see that ransom screen, all the stuff that happened before that, most organizations or most victim organizations are unaware of all of those activity. Right, and by then it's too late. Exactly. Are there particular verticals, particular industries being targeted? Who is most at risk here? Yeah, this really changes with, I would say, macro environment. I mean, when the pandemic started, we were seeing large number of attacks against verticals like healthcare, pharmaceuticals, public sector. So think of hospitals. We were seeing news of that. Vaccine manufacturers, where at times the goal was to steal IP information or critical infrastructure like colonial pipeline. So that's during the pandemic. Then the following year, we saw a lot of law enforcement crackdown. I believe we saw a spike in attacks against things like manufacturing, retail, industry vertical. And that was also aligned with things slowly opening up with retails, manufacturing being the critical component to kickstart the economy. And more recently, we're seeing a steady surge, and this may be related to the Russia-Ukraine conflict as well, but a steady surge in the attacks observed against financial industry vertical as well. So everyone is a target i mean the trends keep changing with what's happening around us but really the stages of the attack the complexity of the attack that i mentioned that's exactly the ttp that gets observed when any of these industries get targeted got it wow i can't even imagine the responsibility you have and here's me i'm like how does he do this Deepin, what keeps you up at night? Everything that you've talked about already would keep me up at night, but you've been doing this a long time. Is there something specific that you worry about that maybe one of those pieces that would keep you up? Yeah, so I partly mentioned one of them, which is supply chain attacks. Those are complex and very difficult to detect. You need to focus on preventing those, but having a strong detection strategy in place where you're able to detect and respond to these supply chain attacks quickly is important. So that is one of them. The other one that I didn't mention was insider threats. 
and that's the lapses octa breach that all of us learned about they're literally hiring your employees to perform inside a threat job so that's another vector that you can never do enough to safeguard yourself against either of these two vectors it's a scary world we live in right <laughs> exactly it is for sure so if you had one piece of advice for our listeners on how to navigate this scary world what would that advice be it's not about just all the bad stuff happening there's a lot of good initiatives starting with our executive order from our president a lot of work happening across the board in terms of zero trust initiative as well there's also a lot of fluff around that because everyone's trying to take advantage of it so whenever i talk to global organization security head i tell them that think of this as you trying to align your security controls into four buckets the number one bucket is you need to eliminate your external attack surface things that should never be visible to the internet that's where the attackers will start when they're trying to target your organization what are they able to see over internet so eliminate your external attack surface or minimize it as much as possible by moving things behind in our case it's zscaler zero trust exchange the private access component that literally hides or makes your applications go dark to the internet if they can't see it they can't attack it so even if that application is vulnerable to a new zero day you're still protected from that external attack vector the second bucket is where you need to have a security stack or a strategy that allows your organization to apply consistent security policies to all your users and assets no matter where they are and this is what we call prevent compromise this is critical i mean you need to have full visibility on what leaves your endpoints and what enters your endpoints so nothing good should leave and nothing bad should get in and really make it difficult for the attacker to establish that initial foothold inside your environment the third stage and you heard me say this when i was describing ransomware as well this is critical prevent lateral threat movement what controls do you have in place that will essentially reduce the blast radius one asset being compromised versus your entire environment going down there's a huge difference in that your security strategy your controls that you have in place at this stage will be the difference between you suffering an endpoint compromise versus you suffering an organization wide breach so having a user to app app to app micro segmentation strategy over here is critical and at the same time you need to have security i am a fan of deception that's an area of my team is actively working on integrating with the zero trust exchange the other place is security against insider threat so having a waf like component that will inspect any kind of abuse that is happening against your critical internal crown jewel assets as well and then the final stage is everyone all of those threat actors including the ransomware threat actors are after your data they will attempt to steal sensitive information from your environment so that they can then hold you accountable to demand ransom or even to sell that data on the dark web to make financial gains out of it so eliminate external attack surface prevent compromise prevent lateral threat movement and prevent data exfiltration align your controls across all of those four stages and make sure you have full visibility into the entire attack life cycle as well that's a great summary i think any one of those areas is a full time job in most enterprise security organizations and the realization is all of them are necessary 
but no individual safeguard is sufficient on its own. It really takes this comprehensive, coordinated approach to defend against the kind of threats that you monitor and detect and communicate about every day. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for sharing this great information with us. It makes me both a little more scared of the state of the internet, but it also makes me reassured that there's a lot of people working very hard to protect us in this environment. Thank you, Lisa, for having me here. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. And we look forward to welcoming you in the future to another episode of Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. Cheers. Take care. Thanks for listening to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. Check back with your podcast provider regularly for more episodes. You can find Lisa Lorenzen and Pam Kubiatowski on the CXO Revolutionaries website at revolutionaries.zscaler.com or on LinkedIn. Statements by Zscaler podcasters and guests are informational only and should never be construed as legal advice. You should consult with your legal advisor on matters related to you or your business. Zscaler makes no warranties, express, implied, or statutory as to the content of this podcast, and it is provided as is. Content on this podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are current as of the date of recording and subject to change. These statements are subject to the safe harbor provisions created by the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. Full legal disclaimers are available at revolutionaries.zscaler.com. Copyright 2022.